0: Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. If you ate today, Megan Botha says you need to thank a farmer. And, she says, you should also thank a migrant worker. She is the new Migrant Worker Outreach Coordinator at Horizons of Friendship. About 20,000 temporary migrant workers will come to Ontario this growing season. There is somewhere between 125 and 150 migrant workers in Northumberland this year. These people do the backbreaking hard labour most of us never consider when buying or consuming food. As you will hear in this interview, there are many changes for migrant workers this year. Plus, there are ongoing programs to help the workers on many levels, from health and safety to getting social insurance to mental health supports. Beyond this, there is new provincial legislation preventing employers from taking away migrant workers' passports. There are also new rules around medical coverage, allowing workers easier access to medical treatments. There's a lot going on, so you'll want to hear what she has to say as she walks us through the details. It is my pleasure to welcome to Consider This Northumberland today, Megan Botha, the new Migrant Worker Outreach Coordinator at Horizons of Friendship. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me today.
0: I'd like to start with an update on the season for migrant workers in Northumberland. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us the status of migrant workers at this time? How many are there and where are they working?
1: Yeah, of course. So right now there's roughly, um, I would like to say between 125 to 150 uh, migrant workers in the Northumberland. Uh, area currently working, and they can work on various farms. So anything from um, tree nurseries to fruit farms to vegetable farms, um, you might see some when you're off picking some strawberries or uh, if you're driving by some sort of fruit farm, yeah, they're they're all over. they're um, sometimes people don't know or don't acknowledge that they are here, but they're definitely here.
0: Now, those numbers that you mentioned are they up or down over previous years?
1: I would say they're about the same. Yeah, I would say that it's been um consistent to have around uh, anywhere from 100 to at least 300 workers every season um come to farms. So I think consistently, uh, a lot of employers ask for the same amount of workers.
0: Now, is that a good thing for Northumberland? Or is that something we should be thinking about?
1: Yeah, so it's um, if anything, I would say it would increase over time. Uh, and that just kind of tells you that folks in Canada, Canadian citizens, um they they are not currently doing work on farms. they They aren't going out there. They aren't proactively seeking employment on farm, um, whereas it used to be maybe, farmers were able to find folks in high school or maybe students or some part-time seasonal work around the area. Um, But it does tell you that less and less Canadians want to work on farms.
0: Is that a good thing or a bad thing or how should we think about that?
1: I would say it's definitely something to consider when you're going into your grocery store and um, you're, you're eating a great a great meal at home. Uh, how did this food get here? Where, who Who was able to help support me in eating this meal? Who picked the food? Um, who harvested the food uh, on my current plate or that I want in the grocery store? Uh, and are they being treated fairly? Do they, um, do they want to be coming here? Do they want to be working here? Um, is there any way that I can support them when they're here? I think Just kind of when you're eating, going through the process of where did my food come from and kind of really thinking about that would be I would I would encourage a lot of people to be doing that.
0: What are the services you're providing for migrant workers in Northumberland?
1: Yeah, of course. So first and foremost, um, I like to make sure that the workers here have a face A face that they can remember that they can go to and say hey i remember i met this person Um, she told me what her supports were i can reach out to her for help if i need to so i like to tell them about horizons tell them our supports um, and let them come if they or let them feel like they can openly talk to me if they need support so i am able to basically be a bridge Um, for other supports for the migrant workers. For example, we have really great long lasting relationships with individuals from the community health centres of Northumberland. So for example, if a worker reaches out to me and maybe they twisted their ankle or maybe they're not feeling too good, I can reach out to the community health centres and they have always been open to um, seeing the migrant workers, um, providing them with health supports and recommendations and supporting them in that way. Uh, And then we also have great long-standing relationships with the Northumberland Community Legal Center. Uh, so that is a little bit different so they can support for things like uh, Canadian pension plan applications for migrant workers or different forms of EI applications for migrant workers, especially when they're uh, in their later 50s and just about to turn 60. Um, I just want them to be aware of, hey, we have someone that can help you. It's all free. Uh, they can help you fill out the application. They can take you through it step by step uh, and they can make sure that um the, the pension, for example, is hitting your bank account when it needs to be.
0: Are you providing more or less services uh, to the migrant workers compared to other years?
1: Uh, For me personally, I have only been in this role since April, but I've provided supports and services to migrant workers in other parts of Ontario. Um, So for this uh, location for Northumberland County, I I wouldn't really be able to touch on that just because I've only been here since April. So I would say... um, Uh, Daniel, who was here prior to me, um, what his level of supports and services were might have been a little bit different to mine, but uh, they all are are pretty much consistent in the same realm.
0: Are you funded?
1: Yes, we are funded. Um, Horizons has a lot of different uh, organizations, partners that um, are able to fund us. I believe last season specifically, um, our migrant worker project was funded by uh, organization called Kairos. Um, I believe we were able to also um, pool that funding over like whatever funding we didn't use fully, we were able to pool over from for this season as well.
0: How big is the budget for for your work?
1: Currently, uh, it varies. So it just depends on what um, I'm working on or where the budget is going towards. So for example, I could have maybe three to $5,000 for welcome bags or food items for workers. Um, in total, I think my estimate right now is around, I, I want to say around 25000 and it includes transportation for workers, it includes interpretation support, things like that.
0: How has the reception been when you go out to see the workers? Um, can you describe what that's like for you?
1: Yeah. So um, I've had many different experiences, uh, not in Northumberland County, but in Northumberland um, so far, they've been all very receptive and they've been very positive. Uh, I am able to call employers beforehand. I definitely want to make sure that I'm not interrupting anyone and um I, I don't want to feel like I'm hiding anything either. That's really important for me. So I want to make sure that I'm very transparent, right? If people don't know who I am, if I'm approaching a farm and they're unsure of why I'm there, I would like to be very transparent. Um, but uh, the farmers in this area have mostly been very receptive, very welcoming. Um, they, a lot of them, maybe have four workers, six workers. Maybe some have one worker, uh, and they're they're yeah, they're very welcoming.
0: Has there been any case where you have not been allowed, or somebody's been hostile to having you come and speak to their staff?
1: Um, there has been, but I would say it more so sits on the side of maybe being. Not as educated on why migrant workers may need more support than other populations, or there might be a bit of hesitancy um, for someone who doesn't know uh, what we do or how we want to support migrant workers, there there can be hesitancy there.
0: Each year we hear that migrant workers are essential to agriculture. Mm -hmm. Is this still the case? And, And if it is, why? And if it's not, why not?
1: Yes, it is still the case. I would say migrant workers are more essential. Um, yeah, they're they're probably one of the most essential parts of agriculture um, besides farmers, of course. Farmers are obviously extremely ins- essential. If we did not have migrant workers, um, you would see the impact in our grocery stores. You would see the impact in what you're able to put on the table for your family. You would see the impact in the farms locally. Um, that might not even be able to run without them. Um, They are definitely an essential part of our agricultural sector in all of Canada, for sure.
0: When you're talking to the workers, what are you hearing from them? How does this season compare to other seasons, and what are the workers telling you?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. When I'm talking to the workers, the one thing I noticed – is they are very appreciative of someone coming in and acknowledging that they are here right it's it's as simple as if you drive by a farm and you see workers and you honk your horn and you wave it's the small acts of appreciation and they acknowledge it when you have a conversation with them they are appreciative of folks that take the time to understand why they are here and understand that they are important to be here um Sometimes my interactions can be um, quite funny. So I was speaking with a worker and it was probably, I think it was one of the really hot days we had two weeks ago and he asked me for a winter coat. And I was like, you're crazy, it's so hot outside. Um, Why would you need a winter coat? And he's like, well, we're not used to it here yet. Um, Some workers, it could be their very first season here. Some workers have been coming here for over 35 years. Um, so it, it all varies on on who you're speaking with, but for the most part, uh, when I'm speaking with the workers, um, first and foremost, they are very appreciative um, and they never ask for more than, than the knowledge that they want to gain. So if they need supports, so they'll be able to ask me or if they have questions and I don't know the answer to their questions, it's, it's my job to find that answer.
0: I know privacy is a major issue, but is there any way you could tell us a bit of a story about maybe uh, one of the new workers or a couple of the new workers and and sort of give us a face to to these people who come and work here?
1: Yeah, so I'm not, um, I'm not going to say names or anything like that, if that's okay. Um, But there is a worker over the past few seasons. Um, that I've been able to have really positive interactions with, and he is a very hard worker. Um, he comes from the Caribbean um, and he has been very kind, uh, and he is he's a really great leader for the other workers that even the new workers, he will he'll take them on. He'll kind of show them the ropes. um, and he will be that point of contact for a lot of us actually. So for a lot of individuals, um in the area that like to be supports to migrant workers he is a lot of their contacts so or a lot of us i should say have him as our contact Um, he uh he knows a lot about the area he knows a lot about the supports that we're able to provide and it's fantastic because then he's able to share that as well so he's a bridge for us too to be able to better communicate to other migrant workers in the area
0: The federal government made amendments to the immigration and refuge protection regulations earlier this year. Can you describe those changes and how effective are they for addressing some of the concerns that are out there?
1: Yeah, so would that be, um, I believe, the TR to PR pathway, so the temporary residency to permanent residency pathway, is that, yeah? (laughs) Um, For that one, so that one I believe opened um, for a year and then they decided to cancel it and then they reopened it as well so that's a pathway for immigra- for immigration so it's a permanent resident pathway for low-skilled workers so um, what that means is there's still a level of um, there's still certain benchmarks that individual individuals have to meet in order to be eligible eligible to apply for the TR to PR pathway. And that could look like um, different levels of literacy, of uh, English levels, reading and writing levels, um, and then levels of employment, for example, for the TR to PR pathway. Um, I am not as familiar as I would like to be with the specifics, the nitty-gritty contents of that pathway, um, but it is still a bit challenging for migrant workers. Yes, it's a PR pathway, Um, and it's the first kind of PR pathway that was specifically for low-skilled workers right now, um, but it's still a challenge for migrant workers to be eligible for this pathway, just because it does still have a lot of restrictions and a lot of um, like benchmarks.
0: So why is it so important for a temporary worker to want to become a permanent resident? Because that's what we're talking about is that, that you're talking about this pathway. But why is that important to them? And why is it important to us?
1: Yeah, so I guess, firstly, it would depend on who you ask. There are workers that don't want to become permanent residents or citizens of Canada. They love to go back home, which is fantastic. And it's totally fine. The concept of permanent residency, or you will hear a lot in advocacy world for migrant workers of the term status on arrival. So to have permanent residency for migrant workers to have status on arrival, um, it's so important to think of it as it's benefiting their safety, right? If they have status on arrival, um, they are able to... Uh, say no to, abuse, to abusive employers. They are able to get themselves out of precarious situations. They are able to access more healthcare services, more more legal supports and services. Um, they are able to access things that um, Canadians and permanent residents are able to access as well. So status on arrival is very important for their own um, for their own autonomy and for their own health and safety as well.
0: And I guess that's what I was really getting to is that. There were previously a lot of concerns that like if you got sick, you got sent home. Yes. If you refused unsafe work, you were sent home. Yes, um correct. so this this change these changes mean that as soon as they put step foot on in Canada, those uh, pressures are being taken away. And now uh they, they can, as you say, be in a safer work environment, refuse unsafe work. If they get sick, they're not worried that they're gonna get, you know, they have to keep on working, that they can get it addressed. The Ontario government is proposing the Working for Workers Act, or Bill 79, that increases penalties under the Employment Protection of Foreign Workers Act. It is meant to stop employers or recruiters from taking away people's passports or work permits.
1: Yes.
0: Have we experienced anything like this here in Northumberland? And can you explain why this legislation is necessary?
1: Yeah, so um first I kind of want to acknowledge that something like this it to me in my um personal opinion it's sad that it is necessary so it's sad that something like a law has to be or a bill has to be passed in order for workers to be protected from something like someone taking away their passports or taking away their legal documents um here in Northumberland County I have never experienced that sort of um conflict happening Uh, I have I have not heard of Um, employers taking away documentation of workers Um, I have experienced it in other parts of Ontario when I did outreach in other parts of Ontario Um, and it's uh, it's important for workers to obviously have their um, have their own documents because if they don't if those documents get taken away there is a sense of entrapment and there is a, a, a ginormous power imbalance right so it's uh, now you can't leave the farm. It's almost like you have to stay here. Um, I own you now. You're not allowed to leave. So there's a really bad power imbalance that happens um, when employers feel the need to, to take workers' legal documentation.
0: One of the longstanding issues for migrant workers is housing. Mm-hmm. COVID forced many farmers to change how they delivered housing to migrant workers. Are these changes staying in place or has it gone back to the way it was before? What are the conditions that you're seeing locally as you go out to visit them?
1: Yeah, so I would say um, housing is pretty much standard. Um, I haven't really been seeing a lot of um, updates to housing. I mean, I haven't personally been inside of workers bunk of a lot of workers bunk houses in this area um the ones i have been inside they're more they're mostly um like they can be homes like someone's home um that they are living in um things like that but housing has been an issue before the pandemic housing for workers was obviously really highlighted during the pandemic because of unsafe a lot of unsafe living conditions um, a lot of people in a small amount of space can increase COVID, so we really saw that in the media during the pandemic, and it's still going to be an issue after the pandemic as well. So when I say that, I mean uh, things like there are some, and not all, obviously not all employers and not all farmers um, are Uh, below standards but there are farmers that are below standards and that's why it's important to talk about it because if we see all of the farmers that are so great to their workers and supportive of their workers and treat their workers with respect and with the dignity that they deserve uh, we might think that there's nothing wrong right but if we don't talk about the farms and the employers that that treat their workers unfairly or without decency um, we're not going to hear about it, and um, nothing's going to change, right? So that's why that's why it's important.
0: When you were talking there, uh, were you talking about across Ontario, or were you talking about in Northumberland?
1: No, sorry, I should specify across Ontario. So even all throughout Canada, right, all throughout Canada, we're going to see um, a bunch of uh, we're across Canada. I should say there are varying farms, so it, you can have employers that treat their workers with respect and that treat their workers as an extension of their family. And across Canada, you can see workers that do the polar opposite. um, Or you can see employers that do the polar opposite for their workers and treat them um, like a number or just treat them like, uh, like like a machine, that kind of thing.
0: How effective are you and Horizons in making change and holding local farmers accountable?
1: Ooh, that's a very good question. When it comes to accountability, I think a lot of it also, um, it can't all come from horizons. Uh, Northern Maryland County has a really great, fantastic agricultural community, right? Um, there's a lot of farms in the area. So when it comes to accountability, we can take a stand on that. And I think it's helpful when also other folks within the agricultural sector take a stand um, to hold themselves accountable as well, or to hold other farmers accountable as well.
0: Okay. Can you give an example?
1: Um, of accountability? Yeah.
0: Where you've advocated or where there's been an issue around accountability and illustrates yeah. the point you just made.
1: Yeah. So, so far, um as I said before, I've been here since April. So accountability—that hasn't really been one thing I've come across yet. But um, I have been able to see firsthand interactions between maybe other employers. So, for example, if if Horizons has an event, um, other employers will talk to each other, maybe, and um, ensure, hey, are you going to the event? Are you going to bring your migrant workers? Horizons is doing this. Um, I will. Like, I always ask for transportation support if that's needed. Um, yeah, so it's it's good to see the, the farming, the agricultural community that is here, um, how they kind of collectively work together as well to make sure that other farmers know about Horizons and that Horizons knows about other farms that employ migrant workers through the knowledge that's been passed down from other farmers, if that makes sense. <laughs>
0: In March, the federal government expanded the scope of hiring of temporary foreign workers to meet labor shortages in businesses, they say, uh, are experiencing um, an inability to find people to do the work. Mm -hmm. Will this impact Northumberland County? And if it does, how do you see it impacting it?
1: Yeah, I would say it already, we can kind of see that it already impacts Northumberland County purely because Northumberland County has a large need for migrant agricultural workers. Um, If folks from this area uh, were wanting to work on farms, uh, maybe we'd see a less amount of migrant workers, but they're not. So they're not coming. They're not wanting to work in the agricultural sector.
0: I I guess what I'm asking you, though, is there's a trend now to, to, uh, if there's a factory that has a labor shortage, they're bringing in, foreign migrant workers if there's uh, a business that uh, needs servers uh, we're looking for doctors nurses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all these kinds of things we're bringing in more and more foreign workers and that includes people who are temporary Mm -hmm. i'm talking to you about that have we seen any examples locally where a a company or a manufacturer somebody outside of the agricultural sector is using migrant workers yet
1: um i I don't think I'll be able to touch on outside of the agricultural industry. Um, I haven't experienced any examples where, like you mentioned, a factory came to bring in um, to bring in migrant workers. Um, no. Is not- it something
0: though that I mean? I guess what I'm asking you though is maybe looking down the horizon I, because this is opened up and the word's getting out that this is a, an opportunity. Do you anticipate that Northumberland? Is going to be bringing in uh foreign workers, migrant workers, to uh to fill in industrial positions, to fill in um other positions within the community, um as 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 laborers.
1: Um, that's a really great question. I mean, a labor shortage, um, a labor shortage could be huge, and if industries need migrant labor, um, labor outsourced to help support them. Um, and then if they can't find workers uh, locally and they need that, um, then that, yeah, that's that's a good question. I haven't seen it personally. Um, I'm not sure if I could really, really answer that. Um, but if that's something that, for example, a factory in Coburg, hey, I can't find anyone. I need to employ migrant workers um, from other, other sectors, um, then that's, that would be a, a telltale sign of a labor shortage in the area. But I, I really haven't seen that personally yet.
0: Okay. So what should we be looking for over the upcoming season from the workers you're working with? What's going on? What can we see happening?
1: From Horizons? Yeah. Yeah. So from Horizons, um, I'm excited about our program. So again, I've been here since April and um one thing and it's a a short season for a lot of workers a lot of workers are only here for six to eight months so uh, what can horizons do in six to eight months that can be beneficial for migrant workers so the one word that i really wanted to promote is autonomy autonomy for the migrant workers that are here to be able to make their own decisions um, to be able to feel empowered um, self-autonomy i guess in that sense so I have been really appreciative of the folks who would like to work with Horizon. So, for example, um, we're going to be doing workshops for migrant workers, so free workshops um, at Victoria Park uh, at the Lions Pavilion. So we'll have informative workshops for them, it'll be a half day, there'll be food, it'll be a time to socialize. Um, So we have, for example, Uh, An organization called OCAW, so Occupational Health Clinics for Ontario Workers. This organization is dedicated to um, preventing workplace injuries and illnesses um, and just to be able to provide workers with a lot of resources and a a lot of different languages. And they are all educated and certified to be providing these supports to workers. So, for example, we have workshops that they're coming in and doing on heat stress and sun safety and what to look out for. Um, a lot of migrant workers have um, they can develop issues with eye sensitivity from dust or pollen or um, pesticides or from working on farms. So, we have a workshop on eye and health, eye health and safety or eye health and safety. Sorry. Um, And then, like I mentioned before, the Northumberland Community Legal Clinic, they've been fantastic in supporting workers as well. So they're going to come and do a workshop on how to apply for employment insurance and how to apply for Canada Pension Plan. Um, Yeah, so definitely different workshops on um, other things like stress and how to deal with it health and safety issues in general. Um, and then hopefully our last session we'll be able to get more feedback from the migrant workers themselves, um, to say, hey, did you enjoy these workshops? Was there anything you would like to see for next season? Um, is there anything you would like to touch on? Because it's so, so important that we hear firsthand from migrant workers. I don't know what they might need. I get them to be able to feel empowered to tell me what they might need, right? So. For those workshops, we have different support providers uh, that I have invited to come um, and just to be able to be another organization that provides support to migrant workers. So we're all in one place. Um, so they, because they often face barriers to things like transportation, um, they feel like they can access a lot of support providers all in one space. So that was kind of my goal. So we'll have once one of those a month, um, one of those workshops. Um, and then I am currently Um, In the works with talking to um, the the great folks from the farmer wellness program. So that's a program for farmers, local farmers in the area to get mental health supports. Um, Well, farmer wellness support supports from counselors, from certified counselors, um, certified therapists. So currently we're having a conversation about how can we extend this to migrant agricultural workers who are away from their family, um, who are away from their friends, from their home, from everything that they know and that they love, um, and they work long working hours, there's time changes. Um, They might be going through something that we don't know about and we cannot support. So how can we extend the Farmer Wellness Program to migrant workers, which is something I am excited about. So that's in the works, it's in conversations, it's in progress. So hopefully that will be another goal for Horizons for the season, um, is if needed to also be a hub for migrant workers. A lot of them know we exist, a lot of them know our office space, um, so if they need it, Um, to be able to come in to maybe Zoom, call a therapist, um, or just call on the phone and have a safe space here if needed as well. So that's something I'm I'm excited about.
0: Megan Botha, thank you so much for having this conversation with me.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. And if I could leave everyone with a last thought or a last, last little word, it would be, if you ate today make sure that you thank a farmer and a migrant worker.
0: Megan Botha, thank you so much for talking to me.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: That was Megan Botha, the new Migrant Worker Outreach Coordinator at Horizons of Friendship. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County